0: Let's pray. Father, thank you for difficulty. Thank you for uh, the fact that you speak to us, that you communicate your love and your grace and your will to us. Lord, we are merely uh, your creation, and yet you come down, you, you condescend to us, you, um, you give us A communication. You give us a a, a message. You give us an announcement about the good news of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that today you have something to say to each person who is here. It is no mistake that each of us is here today to hear your voice as the word of God is proclaimed. Holy Spirit, do your work of opening up our eyes opening up our hearts to hear what it is that you have to say to us. Lord, give us faith to believe, to receive what you have for us today in your word, in Jesus' name, amen. The title of today's message is just one word, and it's worthy, worthy. Does anybody ever feel worthy? Or should I say, does anybody ever feel unworthy? (laughs) All the time. I'm a little bit jealous that I didn't get to preach last week because the passage last week really lays out the central thesis of this entire letter, which is to live is Christ. To live is Christ. And so our worthiness Right? Our our feelings of worthiness are rooted in that very thing. To live is Christ. And I want to kind of summarize this whole sermon in one sentence. And here it is. And then I'll just sit down because I have nothing else to say. <laughs> the gospel of Christ says that you are worthy. So live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let me say it one more time. The gospel says that you are worthy in Christ. So live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. You got to get the first part before you can move on to the second part. To live is Christ. This is Paul's message in this letter. It's what he really wants us to know. He's what he really wants the church to know. It's what God really wants us to know, that, that that we are in Christ, That that our union with Christ is through faith. It's not through going to church. It's not through growing up in a good family. It's not through making right choices. It's through faith. It's It's through believing in what Christ has done for us in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. And you know this. You know this, right? It's to live is Christ. And and in him, all the benefits of salvation are ours. Forgiveness. It is not, Like we sang earlier, there is no guilt, no shame. That is the benefit of faith in Christ. It's a benefit of being in Christ. We are justified. That means God has said you are not guilty. We are adopted into his family. We are given a new title. We are princes and princesses in the kingdom of God through faith in Christ. He is our older brother. And not only that, but we are sanctified. That means we're set apart. It means we have a purpose, and God is renewing us day by day into the image that he created us for. The image that Jesus himself lived out in his earthly life. That we are more and more sanctified and brought along and enabled more and more to live in the grace that we have already in Christ. And not only that, it doesn't stop there, but what we also already have is our glorification. We already have the end. The end has already been written. What do they say? It's already done. Right? That's how God treats the, glor- the, the end of days, the judgment, the future that we have with Christ forever in his eternal kingdom is already done. The Bible says we are glorified in Christ. And here's the amazing thing, y'all. All of this is free. All of it is free. All of it is a free gift. We live in a world where where nothing is free, right? We live in a world where you are are held accountable for every action. A a slip of the tongue can get you fired, right? Uh, I I made a mistake, and and, and now I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, right? That's the world we live in, but that is not the good news of Jesus. See, God relates to us not by our failures not by our our good deeds but he relates to us by his grace and it's radically different than what the world preaches and what the world teaches and what the world expresses and what we experience on a day-to-day basis out there you see we are worthy the gospel says we are worthy in christ and it is a free gift of his grace so, does it matter how we live as Christians? If it's all free, and if we get it and there's no, and it's just this free gift from God, and it's by faith and not what we do, then does it matter what we do? That's the question for today. Does it matter how we live as Christians? And Paul, as he, as he proclaims this message to live as Christ, the next words in his letter say this in verse 27. So, let's look at it together. In verse 27, he says, Only... Right? So watch out. (laughs) He says, watch out. Only, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are, what? Standing firm in one spirit. With one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And not frightened in anything by your opponent's This, he says, is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of our salvation. And don't forget, that's from who? God, (laughs) right? He's like, just a reminder. That is from God. Verse 29, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but you might also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw that I had when Paul was with them. Remember, what happened to Paul when he was with the Philippians? You remember? He got put where? In prison, right? For, for the faith. He got put in prison, and now he's actually he's in prison in a different time. And he says um, that you are engaged in the same conflict that you saw that I had and now hear that I still have. Listen, the gospel says you are worthy. You, and none of you said that, right? When I first said, how many of you feel worthy? All of you said, not me. Let me tell you what the gospel says. The gospel says you're worthy, right? But it's not because of you. It's because of what Jesus has done for you. And it's only through faith in him, it's getting connected with Jesus that makes you what? Worthy. And so you are worthy, brothers and sisters, in Christ. You are worthy. And you need to feel that. And if you don't, go back and listen to the message from last week so you can feel it. Because you need to feel your worthiness in Christ. And Paul then says, so that you might what? Your manner of life might be worthy of the gospel. Because only the unworthy can be made worthy. I mean, people who are worthy in themselves, they can't be made worthy by faith, right? Because they're pretty self-important. There's a lot of people like that in this world, and I'm one of them. So much of the time, I'm self-important. But God says, no, you got to lay all that down, and you got to just receive from me your worthiness. And it takes simple faith. It takes simple repentance. It takes simply receiving and trusting the gift of God. But it's a gift that changes your life. Have any of you guys ever received a gift that changed your life? I know I have. That's what the gospel does. It's it's a gift that doesn't just sit in the carport. Amen. It doesn't just sit on a shelf, but it actually changes your life. So the question is, what does that life look like? What does a life worthy of the gospel look like? And that's what our scripture deals with today. What does this life worthy of the gospel look like? And I want to start with an illustration. So I'm going to start with this illustration of rock climbing, which I know is is a super white thing to do. Um, And so, see, I couldn't even find black people rock climbing. I, could, I looked. I'm like, they don't do it. I don't think they do it. So so y'all know, like, it's reminding me of a, of a funny joke, but I'll tell you later. All right, so this is a picture of someone uh, repelling. All right, anybody just, now, if, if y'all say you've been repelling, okay, Michael was in the army. He was repelled. All right, I take back what I said about black people, not rock climbing. Anybody else been repelling? Anybody? Okay, a couple of you have. Okay, I'm just totally wrong about this then. Or maybe we're just different here. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe <laughs> we're, we're just a little different. Isaiah, you have been rock climbing? You, ever, you wanna go sometime? No, okay, I didn't think so. All right. <laughs> so, so, rock climbing. All right, so what you do is you, you got this rope, right? And It's, it's coming through, You got it. it's hooked in your gear and you're holding it. And you're about to walk backwards over the cliff. You're about to walk backwards over the cliff, okay? And the rope is connected from you through a loop and to a partner who is standing there with the other end of the rope, and it's through this special hook device thing that basically makes it so that he can be your counterbalance. Okay, he or she could be your counterbalance. And so when you're going over, that's crazy, right? But when you're going back over this cliff, and you can't see behind, you're like 80 feet down, You have the rope, but you have someone who is your counterbalance. So that if you slip and if you fall, you can literally hang there, like this person is sort of hanging, you can tell. They're just hanging there, but they're counterbalanced by the person on the other end of the rope who's holding them steadfastly. I did a little research on the word worthy because it tripped me up in this passage. I was like, worthy? What do you mean be worthy of the gospel? How can I be worthy? I'm only worthy in Christ, right? You just got through telling me that, Paul, and now you're like, be worthy of the gospel. And you know what I found this interesting is this, the root of this word, worthy, comes from the idea of there being a balance, of there being a counterbalance, so that you're worthy of the other side. Like if you're weighing something, Whatever it is you're weighing on the other side, there's something worthy, right? It, it, it is a counterbalance to whatever it is that you're weighing. And I, and I like the illustration of rock climbing because the person on the other end of the rope better be what? They better be worthy because you're putting all of your worth in their hands, right? You're putting all of your worth in their hands. And so, what it means to be worthy of the gospel is that you are putting all of your worth into the hands of one who is the counterbalance, who is what? Right. And he is worthy. And so Jesus is worthy. He's the one on the other end of the rope holding it. He is your counterbalance so that by faith you can actually walk this out. You can put your whole life on him. You can trust him. You can take that step backwards over the end of the cliff. And it's thrilling and scary. And so is Christian life, thrilling and scary. But the amazing thing is, brothers and sisters, is that when you slip, not if you slip, but when you slip, his weight is the counterbalance. When you slip, he holds you fast. Man, beautiful prayer, Jared. Like just exactly what Jared said earlier. When we slip, when we fall, when we fail, he holds the rope. The gospel says that Jesus is your counterweight. He will always hold the rope even when you slip. And so Paul fleshes this out. What does it look like to repel? What does it look like to to be worthy, to put our worth in Jesus's hands what does that look like and he gives two uh, what I would just call um, marks two marks the first one is found in verses 27 to 28 let's look at that he says only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel in other words put your weight on him right put your weight put your life on him be worthy put your life on him trust him Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. The first mark of a life that is worthy of the gospel is that you are striving for the faith. That you are striving for the faith. Wait a minute, J.P., I thought we weren't saved by our works. I thought we weren't saved by our striving. No, we're not. But that doesn't mean that we have no work to do. It does, being saved by grace is actually what enables you to do the work that God has for you. It's His grace that, that enables you and empowers you and gives you everything you need. The entire life and accomplishments of Jesus so that you can be worthy of the gospel, not in yourself, because it's all by faith in him, right? You're still trusting that rope, right? You're still trusting that he's my counterbalance at the other, other end of the rope, but you got to take the steps. You have to strive. And Jesus doesn't really mince words when he tells the parable of the talents, and I want to read that for us this morning. This is a, a parable found in Matthew chapter 25. Verses 14 through 30. It's a little long, but it's a really interesting story. So I'm going to read all of it. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 uh, to 30. Jesus said, all right, listen, this is Jesus saying this. He says, for the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents. A talent is a Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, and said, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I've made five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master." uh, master, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you didn't sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. But his master answered him, "You wicked and slothful servant! You knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gathered where I've scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and." At my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he who and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, into that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus doesn't like hold back, you know? <laughs> so does it matter how we live as Christians? Who in the story was offered grace? Which of the three was offered grace? all three. Right? All three. <laughs> all three were given something, right? All three were given something freely. They, they were all given something freely, but only two of them really accepted it. Only two of them really accepted it. Only two of them really took it in to heart. Only two of them were really, uh, they understood the worth of what they were given, right? They understood the worth of their of their master, and therefore they understood that they're worthy of using it, living with it, doing something with it, not living in fear. Look at what the Apostle Paul says in this letter. He says, not frightened in anything by your opponents, fear, right? And there was a misunderstanding of the third servant of the master. He said, you're a hard man, <laughs> right? And the other two were like entering into the joy of their master, It's connected. What we think of God, God represents the master in the story. What we think of God, how we think of him, he's a a hard God, he's he's hard, He's, he's brutal. He's unrelenting. No, he's merciful and gracious. He's given us everything we need. And so how do we respond to that? We respond to that by taking what he's given and using it, doing something with it. Being worthy of the gospel of Christ. Putting our full weight on him and what he's given to us. Let me tell you what this looks like in real life. Okay, let me tell you what this looks like in real life. Because what we have received from Christ is forgiveness. And so if you, if you, if you want to be worthy of the gospel, then it means that in your relationships that you are a forgiving person. Why? Because you're trying to earn his gift? No, you already have the gift, right? You already have the forgiveness. Now, you have it so you live with it and you forgive. Because people do things against you all the time and, you, and, and, and God doesn't want us to live in, in this, this cycle of violence in our hearts. He wants us to forgive, to break it off. To say, no, you don't deserve it, but I'm not going to hold this against you. Because why? That is the gift that we have from God. That's the one talent that we have from him. And what are you going to do with your forgiveness? Bury it in the sand? Do you know how you know if you did that? Because you don't use it. Do you know how you, how you know if you buried God's grace in the dirt? Is if you don't offer it to other people. If you don't give it to your children, if you don't give it to your spouse, if you don't give it to your roommate, if you don't give it to people who have hurt you and done evil against you, if you don't give them what you have from Christ, then you've just buried it. And at the end of the day, when when the Lord comes again, he will say, you're just wicked. Why? Because you never received the grace that was offered to you. You never really received it. You never really received it. first mark of a worthy of a life worthy of the gospel is that we strive for applying what we have from Christ in our lives and what's beautiful about this is he says that we do it side by side that this is a community project that living the Christian life you cannot do alone and so it's frustrating that there's not very many people in here today Right, because we think American Christianity is like I can do it on. I, I just need me and Jesus, right? Me and the golf course, or me and my bed, you know. But 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 what's really tragic is that we actually need one another. We actually need to strive together, side by side, reminding one another when we get puffed up, hey, wait a minute now, it's not, this wasn't about you. This wasn't about your gift, right? You, you know that this is not about your work. This is about God's grace, right? It's, it's because we always need to be pointing one another back to the source who's holding the rope, right? We always need to be doing that work, and we always need to be saying, hey, you got, you, you know, you're hanging there. Take another step. Look to your left. Right? We, need, we, need, we need one another. We need to stand side by side in this work. And then he also says there at the, in, the, in verses 28 through 30, uh, starting in the middle of verse 28, he says, This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation. And that is from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. The second mark of a life that is worthy of the gospel is is a life striving, right, To, to, to apply and to invest what God has given you in his grace. But it's also a life that is open and willing and able to suffer for his sake. The Christian life is not health and wealth and prosperity. It never has been. And it's a lie on every YouTube channel that there is. Brothers and sisters, Jesus says we are engaged in a conflict because the good news, this good news from God, this news that we're dependent on him has enemies. We have opponents, and the opponents are are, are not just people out there, the bad people out there in the media. The bad bad people are us, right? We're the ones who, in our our sinful nature, push back against the faith. We're the ones in our sinful nature who say, no, this is really about me. Or we're the ones in our sinful nature who say, you know what, I'm just going to, I got grace, I'm going to do what I want. But the Christian life is not about that. It's about entering into the suffering of Christ, recognizing that we do have opponents who want to destroy and discourage and mislead us. And we're tempted, aren't we, to bury God's grace in the sand rather than to boldly work it out, even if it means suffering, even if it means that relationship that's broken that needs grace, might not, that person may not respond. And I may suffer for it. There may be pushback because of it. I was asking myself, why am I surprised when things are hard? I shouldn't be surprised when things are hard. I shouldn't be surprised when I disappoint myself. I shouldn't be surprised. Why? Because of what this says right here that we are engaged in a conflict, that there will be suffering in this Christian life, that being a loving husband or wife or parent or friend is hard. Right? It's hard, it's a type of suffering. You may not suffer from, uh, you know, the, the, the government may not arrest you and throw you into prison for your faith, but you may suffer in your relationships because you may have to make hard choices to love and to forgive and to show the kindness that you've been given. So don't be surprised. A life worthy of the gospel is a life of suffering. God has given us faith to believe and opportunities to live out that faith every day. Opportunities to trust our anchor and to take a step backwards into whatever it is that God's called you to do today. To use the talents that he's given you, the gifts of grace that he's given to you. To use them, to employ them, to not bury them, but to to multiply them. Some of you might be thinking, it's too late. I've already, I've already buried my treasure. You know, I had my chance. I had my chance. I, I blew it. I, I don't think there's any hope for me. Some of you feel that way right now. And I have really good news for you. And it's in the, it's in the parable, actually. He was, away, he was gone away for a long time. He was gone away for a long time, and he hasn't come back yet. (laughs) Jesus has not returned yet. As long as there is breath, as long as there is life, as long as there is today, there's a chance to get out the shovel (laughs) and to walk over to wherever it was you buried that, that offer of grace. Maybe it was right here in this church. Maybe it was when you were eight years old, and you were offered God's grace, and you said, "Nah." While there is still time today, you can go and dig that up and say, you know what? I'm going to receive this gift. I'm going to receive this gift of God's grace. I'm going to receive this gift that says to live is Christ. I'm going to receive it. And not only am I going to receive it, but I'm going to live worthy of it. What does that mean? I'm going to put all my weight on it. I'm going to trust that it's real, that it's true, because you see, like when you're when you're faced with the with with a with a challenge, um, when you're faced with a difficulty, you can say, you know what, I can't do this, but I know that through Christ I can. I can't believe this. God, give me faith, (laughs) right? I can't love, Lord, give me love. I can't lay down my life, Lord, help me lay down my life. I can't forgive. Help me to forgive. That's what it means to be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Because the gospel says you are worthy. You are. I want you to say it right now. I am worthy in Christ. I am worthy in Christ. I am worthy in Christ. So listen to what God says to you today. So live a life worthy of that good news. Live a life worthy of that good news. Can we pray? Lord, thank you for this uh, encouragement. Lord, thank you for this word that we uh, feel so unworthy. God, we know that we've buried your gift. Lord, we know that we've buried it. And every day it seems like we have to go and dig it out and remember your grace. We have to go and dig it out and remember that to live is Christ. And that all of our worthiness is wrapped up in our connection to you, our counterbalance. And Lord, I pray today that you would would, um, help somebody here today to to go and dig up that, that offer. To go and dig up that grace that you've offered to them and to receive it. And to, and to receive it with, with, with the promise of a new life. With the hope that you will bring all of the blessings of the good news into their lives. And Lord, I pray that you would help us, those of us that have one talent. Those of us that have two or that have five. Lord, as you said, each according to our ability. Lord, help us to use them. Help us to walk out the, the the gifts that we have in you. And to do that in practical ways, Lord help us, help us to live a life worthy of the gospel. In Jesus' name. Amen.